Did God tell us to obey and respect our parents in everything they tell us? By the time a Catholic enters adulthood, they are more likely today than ever to stop following their Catholic faith. We must work together to turn this around. Do you find it difficult to find time to teach your children the faith? Is it hard to find the right way to teach your children the faith? Are you ready to take more responsibility to help the children you know prepare for eternal life in heaven? You've come to the right place, and I'm here to help. This is All About My Catholic Faith, a podcast series to help you learn your faith and inspire you to better share the faith with those you love. And now, it's time for All About My Catholic Faith. This is Lesson 19, The Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Commandments of God. Hey, I'd like to welcome you back to another lesson of All About My Catholic Faith. Today I want to continue to talk about the Ten Commandments. This lesson will be on the Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Commandments. And fair warning to everybody that during this episode, I'll be talking about some sexual and life topics that may not be appropriate for younger ears. So with that being said, I'd like to give you a few questions to think about during our lesson. So, from whom does all earthly power come? Number two question is, did Jesus obey his parents? The next question, how did Jesus obey his heavenly father? The next question, did Jesus obey Pontius Pilate? And the last question to think about is, how can we imitate Jesus? So why don't we get going into this lesson with a quick reading or two from the Holy Bible. These readings are going to be from St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 51, and then from Philippians, chapter 2, verse 8. He went down with them and came to Nazareth, and was obedient to them, and his mother kept all these things in her heart. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Let's go ahead and dive in to find out what these readings are all about, all right? So first of all, we need to realize that God controls all the power on earth and in heaven. He may grant people here on earth a share of his power. Uh, your parents have authority and power over you, the same as my parents have authority and power over me. And that's even though I'm an older adult. They still have that power over me. God also gives rulers of the world, in the countries and in the cities, the power to make decisions and rules for the people of their areas. We need to give obedience to those people who are in power and authority because their power comes from God. Here's an example when Jesus obeyed his heavenly Father. In St. John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus said, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And of course, he was talking about his Father, uh, God the Father. 
Jesus also said in John's Gospel, in chapter 14, verse 31, I love the Father, and I do as the Father has commanded me. Also in this reading, we see that Jesus not only obeyed his heavenly Father, he also obeyed his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph. You know, Jesus obeyed his parents in anything they taught him and guided him in. Jesus did this because he knew that his heavenly Father gave his earthly parents their authority. And this is the same as when God gives your parents and my parents the authority over us. Jesus also obeyed the rulers of the country and the areas where he was. You know, Jesus knew that their power came from God just like the power his parents were given. An example of this is when Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, Do you not know that I have power to release you? And Jesus had a great response because he knew that Pontius Pilate had power, but only because God gave him the power. And Jesus said, You would have no power at all over me if it were not given to you from above. Uh, We know that Jesus obeyed those in power, even though it cost him to be put to death on the cross on Good Friday. Jesus showed us the way of love and obedience, and we must follow him, and we should obey the Ten Commandments just like Jesus did. We must also follow his example of love and show Jesus just how much we love him by, you know, going to Mass every week, reading the Bible, praying the rosary and other prayers every day, and also by loving and having obedience to our parents, our teachers, and anyone that God has given power to. In this lesson, like I said, we're going to talk about the fourth, fifth, and sixth commandments of God. So let's get going on into the fourth commandment. So what is the fourth commandment of God? Well, it says, honor thy father and thy mother. You know, we must obey our parents in everything that is not sinful. Again, I say we should obey our parents in everything that is not sinful. And when we obey our parents in this way, we're also obeying God. Our parents are here to help us grow and to help us to know everything that is good and also keep us away from things that are bad. Part of the fourth commandment means that we should be helping our parents in every way that we can by doing our chores, cleaning our room, making our lunch, doing our laundry, and listening and just being a good member of the family. The fourth commandment also tells us that we shouldn't be disrespectful, unkind, or disobedient to our parents or those who are in lawful authority. So why don't we move on now to the fifth commandment. The fifth commandment says, Thou shall not kill. And this sounds pretty straightforward. And I think we all know that we shouldn't kill anyone or anything for just any old reason. And this means that we need to take care of our body and our spirituality by being and staying healthy and keeping our prayer life healthy. We're not to murder or commit suicide or fight or to have hatred towards another person. We also shouldn't be seeking revenge against another person. It's not good to get drunk or take drugs or anything else that harms our body. And we should also not be setting bad examples for anyone else. You know, I think everyone in this world should be able to live without someone killing them. You know, from the time they're first conceived in their mother's womb until the time they die of natural causes. You probably heard of a great event that happened last Friday in Washington, D.C., 
It was the annual Walk for Life. The Walk for Life is an event where thousands and thousands of people gather together in Washington, D.C. to stand up for the rights of children to be born. And you may not know that right now in our country, the United States, it's legal to kill a baby who's in his mother's womb. And this, of course, goes directly against the fifth commandment, thou shall not kill. The baby in the mother's womb has never done anything wrong and deserves the right to be born just like you and I were born, no matter how they were conceived. Sadly and tragically, just this past week, the state of New York, a law was passed that allows many terrible things to happen to little babies. It's now legal to kill babies through abortion all the way up to the time that he or she is born. If the abortion fails to kill the baby, it's now the law that a baby can't receive medical attention to even help them. You know, weirdly, New York law doesn't recognize a human baby as actually a human until after he or she is born. It's also now against the law for any other laws to be on the books that support the right for a baby to be born. And did you hear me? It's against the law for anyone to stand up for the right of a new baby to be born in the state of New York. You know, how can this possibly have happened? This is so, so tragic. You know, what a most horrific and hateful attitude, and now it's law. You know, please pray for the governor who signed this law and, and really basically forced it into action, and for all the people, especially the little babies. You know, imagine this in New York. You have a little brother that's getting ready to be born, and let's say he was going to be born like at 11.05 a.m., and at 11.05 a.m., here comes your new baby brother, and he's beautiful and wonderful, and he's crying, and, and you just love and adore him. But let's turn the clock back just one minute to 11.04, and at that moment, right before your baby brother be born, the law in New York would allow that baby to be killed um, for no reason, just because the mother said that she didn't want the baby. You know, if you're listening to this podcast on the day it came out, tomorrow is Saturday, January 26th. And there's another big Walk for Life Saturday in San Francisco, and it's called the West Coast Walk for Life. And you can stand up for the Fifth Commandment and for all those babies who deserve the right to be born by praying and attending one of these wonderful events that are helping to promote the right for a child to be born. You know, since the right to kill a baby in her mother's womb was made law back in January of 1973, there have been about 60 million babies killed before they had a chance to live or make a difference in the world. You know, that's very, very tragic. You know, if there would have been 60 million more people here on Earth, you just never know. One of them could have been the person that invented the cure for cancer or to figure out how to live in this world without destroying all of our natural resources. And of course, besides that... Every person deserves the right to live from the time they were conceived in their mother's womb until the time they die of natural causes. So as I said, the West Coast Walk for Life is Saturday, January 26th, and I really hope I'll see you there. You know, what's really amazing about the Walk for Life in Washington, D.C. and the West Coast Walk for Life in San Francisco is that there are so many families and so many young people there. Uh, I went there last year and I was really amazed at 
at how many families and young people were there. You know, we really need the young people to lead this country back to being great again and to be holy again and back to a point to where we really, truly respect everyone, most especially the young children in their mother's womb. You know, that's supposed to be the safest place in the world. You would think so. You know, I really hope that I will live to see the day when the law that allows children to be killed in their mother's womb will be changed. And furthermore, and most especially most important, I hope that I'll see the day where everyone in this country will realize just how important life is and that we'll start respecting everyone's life, those here on earth already and those who have been conceived in their mother's womb and are about to be born. You know, this is what the fifth commandment is all about. If you're a young person, please make sure you stand up for all the babies to be born. Never be afraid to do this or to show your Catholic Christian faith to everyone around you. You are the key to our future. If you are a parent of a young person, please, 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 we must take care to protect, support, and lead our young men and women to the truth that Jesus has taught us. The Sixth Commandment says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. You know, remember from earlier lessons that the Holy Spirit lives in you. The Holy Spirit moved into your soul when you were baptized, and this is when you became a child of God. I don't know about you, but since God in the form of the Holy Spirit is living in my soul, I want to do my very best to keep my body and my thoughts pure and clean for Him. And this means that we should have perfect respect for our body and for the bodies of others. You know, this commandment also means that when we get married, we should only be with and have true love with that person who we're married to. Marriage is a holy sacrament. Marriage should not never be broken up by any man or woman. You know, the sixth commandment also tells us not to commit acts of impurity or immodesty in the way we speak, the way we look, the way we dress, and how we act. And this pertains to when we are alone by ourselves and when we're around other people. So now we, we've covered a lot now in talking about the fourth, fifth, and sixth commandments, and I wonder if you have any questions for me. Is it really important that we need to be thinking of our health? Well, yes, we must always be thinking about our health. We must always keep our body and our soul healthy. We were made in the image and likeness of God, and God wants you back one day to join him in heaven. So it's your responsibility to keep your body and your soul in shape. Remember, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is living in your soul, so you know, do whatever you can to respect your body and your soul and not to do any damage to yourself in any way. Is God really displeased when we try to get even with other people, even though it may make us feel better? He does want me to be happy, right? Well, yes. God, of course, does want you to be happy. But he would be very unhappy and very displeased if you try to get even with others by taking revenge. You know, revenge is when you try to get back at someone just because or perhaps they said something bad to you or did something bad against you. You know, Jesus teaches us not to seek revenge. In the Bible, it actually says to turn the other cheek, which means that if someone hurts you, don't go back and try to hurt them. What does the fourth commandment say? Well, the fourth commandment says, Honor thy father and thy mother. Both your father and mother are very special, and so 
they need to be honored and obeyed. Should we obey and follow our parents even when they teach us something sinful or bad? Well, no, not actually. You know, we must obey our parents, and this is part of the commandment to honor thy father and thy mother. But remember, though, this is only when your parents are doing things that are not sinful. If your mom and dad are doing something or teaching you or leading you to something that is sinful, you should not follow their example. You know, your parents shouldn't be doing things that are sinful or leading into sin. And if I knew my parents were teaching me something sinful, I would respectfully not follow them. I would even ask them why they're doing that and why they're leading me down the wrong path. You know, I want to go to heaven and I want my parents to go to heaven. So I would try to get them back on the right path by not doing sinful things and helping them not to have me do sinful things. Did Jesus always obey his parents? Well, Jesus always did obey his parents in everything. His parents were very special, and they were holy. Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, never did try to lead him into doing sinful things. Jesus' parents are saints because they were such holy people. What does the fifth commandment say? Well, the fifth commandment says, Thou shalt not kill. We talked a lot about the fifth commandment in our lesson, so I hope that you'll have courage to always stand up for the weak and the innocent, especially the unborn and the elderly. What does the sixth commandment say? I know it's hard to keep all the commandments straight, but the sixth commandment says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. And this means to keep your body and your spirit pure and clean. Is it a sin if I have impure thoughts? You know, part of being human is that we often think impure thoughts. It's not a sin when you have impure thoughts about others, but what's important is how you react to those thoughts. You know, if you see a beautiful woman and a handsome man together on the beach, and you look at them in awe, and you thank God for the gift of the beauty he's bestowed on them, then you're certainly not committing a sin. But if, however, you see the same two people, and and you start thinking sexual thoughts about them, then you've definitely crossed the line and are committing a sin. And if you actually act on these lustful fantasies by, you know, watching porn or masturbating, then you're deeply harming your soul and maybe committing a mortal sin. If you or someone you love experience problems with porn, I want to recommend going to CovenantEyes.com. This is a computer program that will help you break away from this terrible thing. Viewing porn images and movies and masturbating are not good for your soul. And by doing these things, you're really training yourself to treat others as just simple objects for your pleasure, instead of them as being persons made in the image and likeness of God. I'm not sponsored by them at all, but I know it's the best software program out there to help. Remember that God made each of us either a male or female. And you can tell that even before a baby is born, if the baby is male or female. That's not something that's dependent on how a person thinks or feels or what a person likes to do. It's how we were made. You know, God also gave us the gift of being attracted to those of the opposite sex. This, of course, is a very good thing. When a man and a woman are joined together in the sacrament of marriage, it's a beautiful thing for them to love each other in very intimate ways. You know, God told all of his people to be fruitful and to multiply. And as long as we do this in a loving marital relationship, 
And without treating each other as an object simply for our pleasure, God will most definitely be happy with us. There are people who have a disordered attraction towards someone of the same sex, and that alone is not a sin, but remember it's how we react that actually determines whether we fall into sin. We're all called to be chaste in our life, and chastity is living out our sexual life according to the state of our life. So regardless if someone is attracted to a person of the opposite sex or to someone of the same sex, we should never be taking part in a sexual or romantic relationship with anyone until we're married. And remember, marriage was set up by God and made into a sacrament by Jesus to only be between one man and one woman. Does everyone's power come from God? Yes, anyone who has power over someone else gets that power from God. If God did not give someone power, they certainly wouldn't have it. Who should we use as our model for obedience? Well, of course, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is by far the best and truest model for us to follow in everything. You know, I want to thank you for those great questions. They were, they were really, truly great, and I'm sure they helped many other people. So let's have another reading from the Bible. And the first part will tell us about obedience. And this will be from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. And then from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 25. Children, obey your parents, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life on earth. Be subject to every human institution for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the approval of those who do good. For it is the will of God that by doing good you may silence the ignorance of foolish people. Be free, yet without using freedom as a pretext for evil, but as slaves of God. Give honor to all, love the community, fear God, honor the king, Christian slaves. Slaves, be subject to your masters with all reverence, not only to those who are good and equitable, but also to those who are perverse. For whenever anyone bears the pain of unjust suffering because of consciousness of God, that is a grace. But what credit is there if... You are patient when beaten for doing wrong. But if you are patient when you suffer for doing what is good, this is a grace before God. For to you this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he returned no insults. When he suffered, he did not threaten. Instead, he handed himself over to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body upon the cross, so that free from sin we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you had gone astray like sheeps, but you have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. And now let's have a reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. 
And this reading is about respect for the body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been purchased at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. I hope you learned a little bit more about the fourth, fifth, and sixth commandments today. Remember that the fourth commandment is honor your father and your mother. The fifth commandment is thou shall not kill. And the sixth commandment is thou shall not commit adultery. Next week, we'll continue to learn more about the commandments of God. Remember, Sunday's coming up, so please make sure you go to Mass this week and every week. Do your best to do something special this week to honor God and to honor your parents. In this way, you will truly be living out the fourth commandment. If you're not Catholic, you can still always come to church with us to see how we love and worship Jesus. You don't need to be invited or anything. Just find out where your local Catholic church is and go to Mass. I hope you'll keep listening to these lessons to learn why we love Jesus and his church. And if you know someone who wants to learn more about the Catholic Church, please tell them about this podcast. There are links to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the Holy Bible, and other helpful links on our website, allaboutmycatholicfaith.com. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast directory. And if you like this podcast, make sure you leave a rating and review so we can get this message to more people. Until next time, please pray for me, and I'll pray for you. God bless you, and goodbye. All About My Catholic Faith is a 2CJs production.